All right, so here with Taylor Otwell, we have this little tradition of uh, reviewing Star Wars movies. We did Force Awakens. We did Rogue One. Yep. Now we're doing Last Jedi. Um, so good to have you on Bootstrap this time. We're going to put it on your Bootstrap. So. Woohoo. Woohoo. You're in the big show now. Oh, yeah. All right, so first of all, before we talk about anything, I just want to say this is a 100% spoiler-filled review. Totally. Got to be all spoiler. There's not going to be anything that's not a spoiler. It's going to be 100% all spoiler. So just turn this off right now if you haven't seen it, because I imagine we're going to get pretty deep here. Um, All right. That out of the way. What were your thoughts? Um, I can't say I really loved it or maybe even didn't even like it. Um, First, I guess I'll start by saying my sort of what I expected going in. Yeah. Um, I expected Luke to be, um, obviously like a little bit dark. I don't think that was that surprising that he was like pretty troubled by, um, what had happened with Kylo Ren, you know, and kind of disenfranchised with the whole Jedi concept, which that was pretty obvious from the trailers. Yeah. And they kind of even gave you that in the force of the week. I mean, you just kind of got that vibe, right? Like he's hiding, like, you know, the whole deal. So you kind of knew it would probably be something along those lines. And I honestly don't feel like a lot of my problems um, really were around Luke so much. It was just like the whole story and the whole concept of I felt like for two hours of the movie, the rebels, about 25 rebels were (laughs) inching away from about 57 first order people at about 36 miles an hour for about two hours. Um, I felt like. I'll just give a quick overview of my misgivings so we can kind of dig into each one maybe. And I also was not too crazy about the Finn and Rose thing because it basically ends up being irrelevant because the purple haired girl light speed kamikazes, which was uh, cool. Yeah, it's cool. And, but also sort of like a powerful weapon now, I guess that you seems like you could just do that with a drone or something. now. Right. Why don't you Um, just do this all the time? Yeah. Constantly. Um, so yeah, that, that whole subplot ended up feeling like a little bit wasted. Um, I generally did like most of the stuff with, um, Ray and Luke and Kylo. Um, I didn't expect Snoke to die so early. So (laughs) overall, I just felt like the story like wasn't all that strong. There wasn't all that much progress really in terms of like the whole narrative. Like we're still kind of in a similar position where Ray is sort of like, um, okay, what now? Kylo is still bad and we're going into nine. So what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think pre, I tried not to think about it too much. I mean, I I thought about after force awakens a lot. And then I, I, uh, last like month or two leading into this, I hadn't given it a ton of thoughts. I think I was pretty fresh and open to different scenarios. I definitely thought there'd be a lot more snook stuff, um, like that was definitely surprising. It's like some of the things I think <clears throat> it was interesting that they, oh. <coughs> oh, all right, we'll cut that out. Um, it was interesting that they did have twists. I didn't expect like the slow speed space chase, right? Like that's, it's kind of an interesting idea, although I don't think it actually works, but it's like a different mm-hmm. thing you've never seen before. 
Snoop dying right away was kind of crazy after like two years of buildup of what's his background, what's his yeah. deal. Like, okay, totally meaningless. You, you see, he's super po- He's probably the most powerful Jedi that's ever been in the movie. I mean, he's just like super incredibly powerful, you could tell. And I mean, he's bridging them. You know, he's the one who, at least he says, he's created that like, you know, AT&T bridge between them so yeah. they can talk. So he's like incredibly powerful and yet he's like just taken out with a little trick like yeah, in the first really third quickly. of the movie. So <clears throat> that was weird. For me, I think about it more leading up to the podcast here. I think I don't dislike it. As I, when I was watching it last night, I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't think I like this <laughs> at all. See, I don't I've think been getting I like saltier it. And really? Saltier. Really? I think I'm going like the other the direction. I, it. I think I'm going the other direction. Only because, um, well, one thing, I think the biggest problem for me is the thing I loved about The Force Awakens was the pace. It was just like, go, 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 new characters, they're doing interesting stuff, they're going, like, it's just action, not just that it's all yeah. action, but, like, the only part that didn't really work for me in Force Awakens was actually with Han Solo um, when they first meet him in, you know, and those monsters are rolling all around or whatever, and, like, yeah, that just that felt like, not that great. it felt like an aside and kind of took you out of the main flow or whatever, but, but the rest of it, for the most part, you know, to different levels work pretty well. And this one, yeah, like the first half of the movie, I feel like you could just slice off the whole first half of the movie. <laughs> oh, right? You could just get rid of it and it would be I fine. Agree. Like it would be a much better be, movie. I think there is going to be like fan edits of this yeah. movie that are significantly different than what we saw. Like you edit this thing down to like an hour, 45 minutes. I think it's actually a much better movie. Um, yeah. You know, there's some things you wouldn't get and some details you miss or whatever, but I think it would be a much better movie because between like the slow speed space chase, Finn off, you know, doing whatever. I just felt like there was so many characters they had not, they didn't know what to do with. Chewbacca, let's just like have him eat a chicken and hang out. Finn, yeah. let's like send him <laughs> off on this like goose chase to a casino, which is, it's kind of an interesting idea to like open up the Star Wars universe a little bit, right? But it's also kind of not really a Star Wars type thing to do that. So if, I don't know. It's like a weird spot, but I don't think it, yeah. it, it you didn't really need all that, you know? Um, and I thought it was, in terms of opening up the Star Wars universe, I was kind of thinking about that actually earlier because I watched um, the prequels this week leading up to the Ooh, interesting. to episode eight, and I actually sort of gained a new appreciation for the prequels and George Lucas's general ideas because right. compared to like episode eight, for example, if you look at the prequels, we got some really like cool stuff or like kind of groups of people like Camino where this water planet and like really weird looking aliens. Yeah. There was um Naboo itself was like a pretty interesting planet. There was Coruscant, which of course was like this sprawling huge city planet. And compared to like episode eight, there's just like nothing like that really in comparison. I just feel like the prequels are more ambitious in that way. Yeah, in terms of sure. like really opening up the galaxy seeing lots of unique places and episode eight feels like, I mean, I feel it's like, I feel like there's literally 20 people that are in the whole resistance. Like yeah, that was a weird really turn. Small. That was a weird turn how they made the resistance like so tiny that this is like the last, like, you know, these are like the last three people in the resistance, which kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't know. Like in, in, in that regard, there's not even like an arc from the earlier movie. Like, yeah. It's just kind of weird that that's such a small thing. Like other times, sometimes portrayed as a big thing with fighter planes and big mm-hmm. cruisers. And other times they're like, this is the last six people are on the Millennium Falcon. That's it. There's nobody else. Like, yeah. The, I mean, it seems like, it seems like the resistance has maybe five X wings total. I don't know. 
It's, it's weird. I guess uh, I guess what they maybe should have done is really emphasize in episode seven that when Starkiller Base blew up the Capitol, that it was a much bigger deal than they made it in the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. Because that was like totally glossed over. It's like, oh, but you know, seven planets blown up. Ne- yeah, next but they scene. essentially blew up the whole government. I guess that the whole even like, yeah, the whole like kind of basis of the resistance. Presumably there was more support for the resistance in there. And so now this is just like, but the, the other side of it, though, is kind of weird. Then if you take that. There's like these logical inconsistencies that always bother me in movies, and this has a number of them. And one of them is that it's like, why does Kylo Ren and Snook? Why are they really even chasing these people? Do you know what I mean? Like, why are they chasing? <laughs> they don't them? need to. Like, they're not chasing Luke. <clears throat> like, you could definitely make a case for Luke and Ray, possibly. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, why are you chasing Princess Leia? Who cares? Like, show she's got a band of three <laughs> people out in the middle of nowhere. You have like the whole galaxy you have. Like, what are you worried about? You know what I mean? Like, there's so much effort. It's yeah. not even like flunkies. It's like, no, the, all the main people are there to chase down the last 400 <laughs> rebels and their three ships. Like, that's yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, Snoke is there personally. Yeah, Snoke is there overseeing personally. all this. That doesn't, like, if, they, if it was Luke Skywalker on there, I get it. Like, you're going for the last of the Jedi. I get it. You got to wipe them out. Okay. But kind of that doesn't make any sense. Another big thing that didn't make any sense. We're just jumping all over here, but uh, <laughs> I kind of like, like the movie. Kind of like the movie. Uh, the scene um, when they after they kill Snoke, right? It's like you got the guys with the red jumpsuits there who they yes. fight, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, like the fighting was actually pretty cool, like just in terms yeah. of pure lightsaber battling. But I was like, okay, these must be force users, but then they don't use any force at all. So I don't really understand why they're using lightsabers at all. Like, can't they just like fling all these guys off the edge there and just like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) just force push them. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kylo Ren is like literally about to die. Like he's close to death (laughs) and he's like, I could force choke this guy, but I'm not going to force choke him. I'm just going to let him kill me. Like, it's kind of weird. Kylo Ren in episode seven froze a, a blaster. Yes laser in midair <laughs> right. which was awesome by the way like that was yeah cool which was thing. one of the better moments yeah so uh, that, that, i know with star wars you kind of like you could go go too deep on lightsaber battle like why would anybody have a lightsaber battle right like to some That's degree true. fine but this is just like between force users you can kind of understand like they even explained it in the prequels right he's like well you know we can't be judged by our you know ability to use the force or whatever when yeah. yoda's fighting there so okay fine like your equal force users are close to equal n- nulls each other out but yeah, I don't know. So that, that kind of bothered me. And also the other thing, another, uh, my other big like nitpick like that is, uh, Benicio del Toro there. Um, like I actually really liked that character. I thought it was cool, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind him. No, I didn't mind him at all. I thought he was good in it. I thought it was kind of a cool roguish kind of star Wars. kind of dude. I liked that. It was a guy on both sides, kind of a bounty yeah. hunter sort of vibe. Um, but I don't like that they didn't give him any backstory. He had no backstory at all. And he just completely, they just happened to get in a jail cell with this guy. And ma- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is the guy you need, even though he's not the guy you were looking for. But he's another guy who has the same impossible talent that you needed. And you just happen to find him in a jail cell. And there's no explanation. Like, I don't know if maybe next, maybe they're going to have some explanation for him next time around or whatever. But it was a little, like, not even a hint of anything. It's just like... <laughs> I just walked, came across this guy in a jail cell. He's the only guy, the, the second other guy in the universe who can uh, break down the shield. Like, uh, so that's a rough one. It's a little rough. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the humor in the movie? Yeah, that was weird, right? Especially the beginning humor. I felt like yeah. it was especially weird. Like him throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder. <laughs> it really kind of <laughs> takes the air out of that scene from yeah, episode seven. Yes, it totally takes the air out. 
Like, give him some gravitas there at the beginning. Anyway, I mean, it's Star Wars. You want to have some funny stuff in there for sure. But, yeah, I don't know if they made all the right choices there. That was kind of weird. I just feel like Episode Seven's humor felt a lot more natural than Episode Eight's, especially yeah. when, like, Ray tells Kylo to put a shirt on or a towel on or whatever. That was dumb. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, like, I'm a, supposed to be a teenage girl. This is supposed to be, like, a teenager kind of interaction or something. I, guess. I don't know. Like, that was She's really a weird. Jedi, though. I know. That's I mean. so weird. And this is, like, her arch nemesis. Like, they kind of arced them a little bit, like, mm-hmm. closer together, obviously. But, <clears throat> yeah, like, that did not work. That was... You, Yes, like that just distracted you from the thing. Like the humor in Force Awakens, like here's a spot with nothing. Let's put some humor in it, and that kind of works. Or it's a lighter moment. Like this is like a pretty big moment, and it's like you're gonna make it about sex. That's uh, that's a really weird thing for Star Wars in general, and especially yeah. that particular use of it. Yeah, I re- I really had mixed feelings about Luke in general. Like I, of course, going into it, like grew up with Star Wars as a kid, so everyone really wants to see. Luke is sort of this like basically this flawless victorious leader basically because right. he's kind of like just a messiah figure almost that mm. cannot do wrong um and I th- I actually was pretty taken aback by the revel- revelation that he was sort of pushed Kylo was sort of the final straw and Kylo going to the dark side when he almost killed him yeah. there in the hut. And I thought that was somewhat interesting and kind of different and cool. Yeah. But also I had somewhat mixed feelings about right. it. Just as like a star Wars fan. Cause it's like, he turns Vader back good, but then like almost straight up murders his like nephew. His nephew. <laughs> um, so well, I don't know. It kind of tarnished it a little bit, but, but over, did you think it was overall, okay how they, they did flip that on its head a little bit by giving you three variations of that same yes. moment. So yeah. it's a little more up in the air, but I even his like, variation is a little off. Yeah. I did like how you got both perspectives and even his facial expression in Kylo's is way different yeah. than it is. in Luke's, right. which I thought was cool. A cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, but I agree. It was, it was shocking sort of to, frame it that way that like he was just straight up gonna murder somebody yeah and i did think it was cool to see yoda again i mean overall that was kind of neat yo i I actually really liked the yoda scene like i thought that was really good and even him being like who cares about all this old stuff like that's not that's not the way forward or whatever don't worry about that yeah i think they really captured empire strikes back yoda like basically pretty perfect in terms of like his whole attitude and personality yeah it's good that Frank Oz is still alive too, so you can do the voice. So the voice is like right and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. Also, but the the books were saved. I mean, at the end, you see that Ray has the books. Did she have Did the books? See? No, I missed yeah, that. She has the books. <laughs> oh, the books okay. are in the Falcon when Finn opens up a drawer she to get something, like a a blanket or something, and the books are all oh, in the I sh- totally in the drawer. That. Interesting. Okay, so, so maybe there's I guess, some stuff in there. Yeah, sounds like she's maybe gonna pursue that more it was kind of funny that luke had never read the books which would be odd if you've been on this <laughs> island for 40 years and like you've never even like read these books that's a little bit it's a little bit weird and then at the end with luke i thought like when he when they shot like all the walkers shot at luke i was like holy shit luke's like neo and has like tra- <laughs> yes. transcended like i thought that was good i like that yeah i thought that whole part was pretty cool yeah um that kind of almost saved the movie for me. I feel like that I was really down on it in the movie. And I think that whole last Luke segment, like Luke in general throughout, like even how he doesn't really train her, a lot of the stuff on the island, I was expecting something different, I think, and it didn't give you that. But 
I, I really like that last scene. I like how you were like, holy shit, like he's next level with the force. And <laughs> yeah, then he's time. like, does like the, he's battling with them. And it's like, they even give you a little matrix moment there where you're like, you know, he lays yeah. out and like this lightsaber and everything. And, uh, but then you, they did focus on his feet and he wasn't kicking up the, the salt, but you didn't really like think about it at that moment. And then like reflecting yeah. back, you kind of, so I actually thought that was, that was actually quite well done. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And like a pretty, I thought it was, a, if you want to like exit Luke from the series, I kind of like doing it that way because it still demonstrates that he's like ridiculously powerful in the sense that he can project himself that yeah. realistically. I like but, seeing a new power, like something new like that too. You know, like that was an interesting new thing to make Jedi capable of. Yeah, and you didn't have to have someone else kill him really directly. Yeah, what did you think about that though? I wasn't. I'm not sure if I like him puffing into the forest. I think it, I've gotten more okay with it. I, I didn't really like it in the theater, but I guess yeah, like having Kylo Ren strike him down that would be stupid. You don't want to do that. And, yeah, I would rather have that than Kylo Ren kill him or yeah. some other weird way to yeah, die. Yeah, he slips and falls or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I, that's why I think I like what, what what can you really do with him? So like having him do this like crazy exertion and then like being okay with like fading away or whatever, I guess kind of makes or having a different purpose, I guess probably I'm sure he'll be forced ghosting around, but yeah. And I think that will really cement him as like a legend in Kylo's mind. Like even Kylo seemed pretty shook by like his yeah. ability to even do that. Which, that was kind of interesting too. And he left it, you know, and since it's, not, it's like an obvious callback to Star Wars, with you know, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. But mm-hmm. but that he's saying it to the bad guy in a sense where he's going to be with him, whereas like obviously Obi Wan's not going to was never with then Darth Vader after that. But mm-hmm. uh, kind of the reverse of that, where like he's like, I'm going to be with you, Kylo. Like look it over your shoulder. So I wonder if they're going to really yeah. make, like literally he's going to be able to pop up with both of them. Um, but I don't know. they're kind of doing yeah. like where Kylo is maybe not as bad. He's not ultimate bad. Like he has this sliver of light in him and then she's like with a little more, has a little more darkness maybe in her and they're kind of like middle grounding it somewhat or something. I don't know. Yeah. And see, I really like Kylo the most when he's conflicted and like yeah. that whole struggle. So I hope that he's not like totally bad, but he seems fairly resolved bad there at the end. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I like all those conflicted moments where you're not sure like which side is really going to prevail. Well, while I didn't love necessarily the kill, like I, I could have used, I, I guess I felt like I, we were going to get more snook. So that was kind of weird, but I did sort of like how he, the trick in general specifically, I thought that was an interesting to use his own like bravado and sort of, ability yeah. against him uh to cover his his movements there but that was kind of interesting so do you think um kylo's telling the truth when he says that ray's parents are nobody yeah gosh that's gonna be a big one right i kind of yeah. think so yeah Only, i kind of think right? so too. don't you think so because i think what are they gonna do it's just not star wars to have all they would have to have so much explanation to make them somebody who we know and most of those people are dead mm-hmm. or not in the movie or whatever, you know what I mean? Like how, who, who could her parents be that are important and who we would care about other than making them nobody. I mean, there's just be some, you can make them some different nobodies who are like, whatever, have some role, I guess, or whatever. But what's even the point? That's yeah. like kind of pointless, right? If they're not like, if she's not a Skywalker or a Kenobi or whatever, I mean, what's really the point? So I don't know. Yeah, At first I wasn't sure whether to believe him, but yeah. I think the, the final scene kind of makes me believe him because of how they show the, bo- the, the like, boy. Stable boy force pick up a broom, yeah, basically, right. and that kind of makes me think like, oh, okay, they are kind of trying to drive home the message that like anyone can be a force user. So that kind of leads me to believe that maybe she's really not 
any bloodline or from some Jedi heritage or something. Do you think they're intentionally trying to make, because it definitely seems like the Force has gotten an upgrade in this next generation, right? Like she's yeah. basically untrained, but she moves all those rocks, like that whole mm-hmm. pile so they can escape. And obviously Kylo's gotten training now, but he's pretty powerful or whatever. So like, I can't tell if they want us to think that like the force is changing and hence these people are maybe more powerful. Like they're explicitly trying to do that or it's just that whatever for this story, like we need to be able to do some cool shit cause it's 2017 and hence yeah. they're more powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does feel like they're intentionally trying to have the Force be different. I mean, because Episode 7 was called The Force Awakens. Right. So it does feel like the, just the whole nature of the Force is a little different. It's I changing. Know, I don't know why or if it's just like some natural evolution of the Force <laughs> or what. But uh, What are they going to do next one? I don't even know. Like, there's, it's, yeah, because like you said to start off, it, like in a sense, they're not too far from where they were. No, they're not really. So are you going to have like rebels running around the solar system, like building up a cause? That seems boring. Hard to yeah, believe that's it. Maybe they're, um, you know, maybe they'll skip ahead a couple of years even. Yeah. Um, kind of awesome. like um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi seem to have at least several months of yeah, like space do. in between them. Yeah. And not like, I mean, it feels like from the start of Force Awakens to now has only been like, six days or something right, like right, that. Like exactly. it feels like really fast. <laughs> yeah. It's right. It's right after. I wouldn't mind so. the t- seeing them take a different path of like, like not just making the, like the conclusion of this trilogy be like, we went to kill the bad guy and we killed the bad guy. You know what I mean? I feel like they have to do something mm-hmm. different. Like the, where even the whole movie, it can't just be about like, we're going to kill the bad guy. We're going to kill the bad guy. How are we going to kill the bad guy? Like that's just, I think that's going to be boring. Like I, it, maybe yeah. it's more around the force and like, the nature of it or something. I don't know. Like maybe it's a whole different kind of movie. I don't know if they'll get I think the, they, not ambitious, but I think they do need a different way to bring actual final closure to like this whole cycle basically. Because yeah. if Ray goes and kills Kylo then and starts a new Jedi, then that's really just basically the same that is what Luke did. Yeah. And so there's no real guarantee that this whole cycle isn't gonna just start over. And I feel like they are kind of winding down like the, you know, the numbered episode saga, right. episode nine. And I mean, I think Disney's even kind of hinted that that could be the last, you know, Skywalker type movie. Right. That's the so I, I think they'll have to figure out a different way, like you said, to approach the whole thing in terms of they can't just chase after Kylo and kill him and roll the credits. So yeah. It's going to be something different. Because also, we've already and seen it, the Emperor killed, Snoop killed, Vader killed. I mean, like, how many times are you going to do that same thing? You know? mm-hmm. And I felt like this movie had more of, like, an anti-war message than yeah. the other movies. I mean, it showed, like, the exploitation of the kids. It showed the arms dealers are selling to both sides. Yeah. And kind of both sides are a little corrupt, maybe. Right. And it just sort of, like, the futility of it all. And even Benicio Del Toro's character, you know, said, like, best not to even get involved because really both sides are more similar than you think, I guess. Right. Um, so maybe that is kind of hinting that they'll go a different path. And I'm glad J.J. Abrams is coming back yes. to do nine because Me too. I feel like he really likes Star Wars just, like, personally. Right. And so we'll want to do it, like, right and in a way that a fan would actually like. Um, so He does seem to have his good. finger on it. I think, but I think these other directors are more like, we got to make a different move. You know, like this is definitely yeah, shot I don't want differently. Different. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I just want, I like want, I want Star Wars. Yeah. I want Luke to be a badass. I want, you know, new Jedi. And I don't know. I just want it to be like how you want it to be as a kid. You didn't really want it to be something 
all that different. I do think it's like interesting. I think it will be like where like this is the last Jedi in that the like pure that pure symbolic Jedi of their and maybe they were never really this to begin with, right? But that they're pure perfect full of light only the good side blah blah, blah. like this is going to be some new gray gray area uh yeah. force user kind of scenario um, yeah and maybe the end of like the jedi is like a bureaucratic organization yeah that didn't work out too well i think that that definitely has shown not to be that great in the prequels what do you think about her trip into uh into the pit there of darkness I thought that was pretty cool. I thought we were going to see an actual different person, you know, when they were about to, it seemed like they were about to yeah. reveal like who her parents were. And then it was just her a million times. But I thought that overall, I thought that was kind of a cool little scene, but I don't totally get it or understand it, I guess. Yeah. I, I was hoping for a little bit more. I liked the scene overall. I did think it was going to be a little bit more something like in, like in empire where it's like got yeah. some drama there or whatever. Um, so I thought they were kind of going that way and then they kind of pull up and take a different direction but no i did i did like that i could have done with some more training could you have done if they were gonna spend all this time kind of doing nothing i kind of wanted to see her get trained yeah there wasn't a lot of training at all definitely not like um empire strikes back yeah i mean i know that would be maybe they don't want it's like that is what empire strikes back had a lot of so they don't want to do that i guess or whatever but something i don't know it needed something just like her following him around and fishing yeah i don't know I could use a little more there. Yeah, gosh, I'm just so conflicted because I feel like there's there's points that are so cool, like the some of the stuff with Luke, and then there's points that are just feel like you could just cut entirely, yes. big swaths out of the movie and be fine. Or just even like they're out there, made the jump to light speed. Okay, you have that whole thing, the slow motion chase, but it's like they have this old rebel base nearby that apparently they didn't know or I got, they weren't really heading for it, <laughs> but it just happened to be there. And then the transports are going for it, but. Nobody can see them going until the Del Toro like rats them out. But like they're they're mm-hmm. spa- you got you could see them. They're spaceships. There's no like cloaking <laughs> device or like it's just like a such a stretch of the like they didn't like. I thought maybe those transports were going to jump to light speed on their own or whatever, but they didn't do that. So it's like I, it was just like oh they're like I they're right there. Like you could see them. They're they're right there. So yeah. I, that was kind of weird. That was another little nitpicky kind of thing, but. Mm-hmm. This season, the sponsor of Bootstrapped FM is Linode. Uh, they've been a sponsor for a long time, and I just want to highlight them again because uh, it's really a great service. I use them myself. I have 13 servers hosted there currently for the past six or so years. They have plans starting at just $5 a month for a one gigabyte server and going up for there. I've used really large servers from there. They have servers going all the way up to 200 gigs of memory. Super affordable. Provisioning is practically instant. Um, hourly billing, um, it's all native SSD, very fast. They just increased their uh, network capacity from 40 gigabytes a second to 200 gigabyte network. So, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if anybody listening to this podcast needs that much bandwidth. You know they're so over-provisioned. You're never going to have any trouble network-wise, which is awesome. It's all modern Intel processors, 24-7 support, holidays, middle of the Christmas night, every every minute of the, every day great support they've always been great for me to work with um, they have money back guarantee so there's really no risk uh, no risk there either and just a really fantastic service I highly recommend it I run my business on it and if you're looking for a new hosting provider I would definitely check out Linode and of course they have a, a great offer for bootstrap listeners um, if you go to linode.com/ bootstrapped FM or if you use the 
offer code bootstrapped 2017, you get 20 bucks off. So that's four months of free hosting on a one gig server. Um, so it's a very nice long period of time to try it out, kick the tires and see how it works for you. So again, definitely check out Linode. Um, you could do that and get the $20 coupon um, at linode.com slash bootstrapped.fm. Um, or with coupon code bootstrap 2017 and that'll get you that discount, give you a nice, you know, a third of a year to try it out for free if you're on the one gig server and see how it works for your projects. So thanks a lot to Linode for sponsoring and back to the show. What, what did you, you think about Leia flying through space? <sighs> I, I, at first I was like, Ooh, but then, you know, it kind of was like, I was kind of okay. By the time she like actually <laughs> landed on the spaceship, I was like, you know, I'm kind of okay with that. I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, it was okay. It kind of reminded me of like a Marvel, something that happened in a Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, it had that look. Really out there. It had that look to it. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of scene. It was way out there for Star Wars. It was way, yeah. way out there. I don't know if like, it's one of those things where because she died like in real life, then that kind of mm-hmm. gives a different air about it too, you know? But yeah, I was kind of yeah, okay I, with it. I thought she was going to die in that scene. And yeah. I was actually, I was actually thinking like, Oh, this is earlier than I expected, but it's yeah. actually kind of an interesting way for her to go. Cause it was like quiet and kind of serene and she's just kind of drifting off. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, and then she flew back like Superman. I was really shocked that she made it to the end of the movie, you know, like they really, Oh yeah. Themselves. Really shocked. Like that's going to be tricky. Even with a like, time jump or whatever, if they do that, like, it's still a big explanation they have to do and everything. And you, and it would, could have been like, a, I don't know, it was a nice send off to have her live through the end too, I guess, but it could have also been nice to send her off in the movie. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought her when, acting was really good. I don't know. I, I didn't really love her in Force Awakens, but I actually no, liked either. her acting a lot better in this. I thought she was a lot better. Just yeah, I thought she was wise. way better in episode yeah. eight. Like, yeah. I, did, I didn't find myself just like kind of cringing. Yeah. Like I did it in episode seven, but yeah, she was way better in eight. Yeah. I wonder what JJ thinks, you know, because... I think, I mean, from what we've heard, at least what I've read, that they planned on using Leia quite a bit in episode nine um, before she passed away. And, you know, with they kind of lost or wrote out Luke with that anticipation that they still have Leia. So I'm curious where they go from there, how JJ, you know, turns things differently. I'm really curious to know what JJ really even thinks about like this movie and kind of where he took things. That is the whole business of movie making i find totally fascinating if i would love to be a producer of a movie like that's that's my long-term goal here i don't know how i'm going to get there from here <laughs> like well, i'm not in the right path at all right now but yeah but just even with that right so i mean jj is the executive producer and the director of the first one and then he was mm-hmm. still executive producer here so you know presumably i don't know what that relationship is i mean presumably he's got a fair amount of say i would think right so I mean, he's mm-hmm. the first top executive producer or, or Kathleen Kennedy than him or whatever. So presumably he, if he really hated something, he has the ability to change it. I don't know. Or maybe not. Like maybe, I mean, I would think yeah. Disney keeps pretty tight reins on this, like that the mm-hmm. director doesn't have that much leeway, I would think. Uh, but Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, episode eight was written by, you know, the Rian Johnson guy. Episode seven right. was written by Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams. You so I don't know. Lawrence Kasdan. He's the man. He's the guy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he does seem to kind of pull it together a lot. He's the guy. I don't know. And is it him or his son who's doing the Han Solo movie? I can't remember. Well, Ron Howard's directing it. I don't know who wrote it. Yeah, no. One of them is is writing it. Um, mm. And well, Ron Howard came in at oh. the last minute to like save it, but I don't know. It he says wasn't... Lawrence and his son wrote uh, okay. the Han Solo movie. That's what so it that's is. kind of interesting. Yep, Solo, Star Wars story. Yeah, 
co-writer. Well, that comes out in May, actually. I thought it was coming out in Christmas, but it comes I out know. pretty soon. I saw that. That's going to be... I'm kind of excited for that. I, which, yeah. where, do you, where do you put this? Uh, um, this is a tough question. Where do you put, rank these three new Star Wars movies in order? Just, just among themselves to start. The three. Um, seven, eight, and Rogue One, you mean? Yeah. Um, among themselves, I would say seven, Rogue One, then eight. Yeah. I would actually put eight last. I think so. I agree. That's what I said last you know night. What is, you know what is crazy is currently right now on Rotten Tomatoes, in terms of audience reviews, episode mm-hmm. eight is lower than episode one. What? Yes. Really? Search your feelings. Oh, no. I don't know if I can get behind that. I don't know if I can get behind that. That's, uh... I, I, I don't think I can get behind that, agreeing with that, but... Oh, it's actually dropped another percentage point, so it's now tied for wow. Attack of the Clones for the worst reviewed Star Wars movie. Oh, man. I don't know. You I, don't, know the, I don't think I can get on that, because I mean, I just watched the prequels, right. and I feel really confident that Episode eight is better than episode okay. one. <laughs> it's been a little. It's been a couple of years since I watched them. My son was super into them for a while there, and I do think they're not as horrific the farther no, you get not. away. You know, um, no. from like when they first came out, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the worst shit I've ever seen in my whole life." Like, there's so, because they all each of them has a a, a couple moments where you're like, "That's mm-hmm. really cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. I really like that." Even so. in episode one, oh, Darth yeah. Maul was one. like a cool character. Darth Maul was, cool. was a pretty cool character. Yeah. I mean, young Obi-Wan is good. I think the whole end mm-hmm. sequence is pretty good. Like that last yeah. battle is a good battle. Like So yeah, there's some good stuff in there. I mean, you got to get past like the Metachlorians and like all that BS in the first I, one. But Yeah, and I think episode one and two are some of the more kid-friendly like yeah, Star Wars for young kids. Yeah, super kid-friendly. But like, I, yeah, the I'm, pod I'm race actually kind of nervous. I'm nervous about taking uh, James and Victoria, you know, my kids to episode eight. We go tomorrow morning because I just don't think it's going to be what they were expecting. You know, yeah. I think they were expecting Luke to be like a little different for there to be maybe like more Luke action, stuff like that. But he is an old guy to them. Don't forget. So he'll still see him as old. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I have to say, so I thought the same thing. And I went last night, my oldest son was sick, so he actually didn't go, but my seven year old went and he really liked it, and he likes the Force Awakens a lot. And he said he liked this better. So I don't wow. even. So I don't even know. I was I was really surprised by that. I was like, really, you like this better? He's like, yeah, I loved it. Boy. And I thought yeah. in that beginning part where I was a little like, uh, like the first half of the movie, and I, every time I looked down at him, he was like, he was really into mm-hmm. it. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be I'll be interested yeah to hear what your kids think of it. But uh, I don't know. I think there is the kid at, at the kid level. It probably does work a little bit differently. Like a chase with those donkeys through the casino to us was yeah. like, this is stupid, right? But to yeah. a kid is like, oh my God, they're wrecking the place. Like I love donkeys yeah. and <laughs> like whatever, you know? So like, I think there were those kid moments in there that mm-hmm. will work, that kind of like worked in the slow, the slow part for us. But yeah, I don't know. Hey, you know, Rian Johnson, this, this director, yeah. they've given him a whole nother trilogy, you know? I know. You know, he's, like the, he's like the producer Skywalker. of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. The, he's going to be the heading up the like a whole new, like totally separate from everybody else in the Star Wars universe. Apparently, uh, I'll be shocked if there's no cameos or anything, but yeah. basically separate. I mean, I guess maybe he's a good guy for that. You know, like maybe that's why this one feels a little off because J.J. Abrams is like I'm going to do what I want to see as a kid, and yeah, it's going to exactly. be awesome. And this guy's a little more foofy, artsy, 
kind of wants his own vision stamp on it and that's probably just better done that's why i even like i even though rogue one i have some big problems with especially some of the parts that end and stuff i did like that that it had its own vision and it's kind of pretty different than obviously the skywalker um type movies mm-hmm. so uh so i do think that there's some some room there to have these different corners of the universe that maybe have some interesting new takes on things yeah i don't know I can't believe this is being rated by fans lower than episode one, though. That that Man, is shocking. Me either. I mean, that's crazy. That's just totally, totally shocking. I, I feel really confident it's going to dip down to being the lowest rated. I mean, even under episode two, which I was surprised episode two is rated lower than episode one. But really, yeah, I didn't. I'm not up on these stats there, so I am surprised by that too. Mm-hmm. Episode two, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many bad. I always, my mind always goes to all the bad parts of those movies, so I'd have to like really re-review it. But yeah, so just to like give a quick rundown of kind of audience reviews. All right, yeah, give it to um, us. The highest rated is Empire Strikes Back with 97. percent Yep, like it. Then it's Episode Four and New Hope with 96, and then Return of the Jedi with 94, and then it actually goes to Episode Seven with 88 yep. percent approval. Rogue One with 87%, so just right behind yep. um, hmm. that. I'm surprised those are that close. And then it goes Revenge of the Sith at 65, Episode 1 at um, 59, Episode 2 at 57, and now Episode 8 is tied at 57. Hmm. I would have to say I definitely – those first five I think are all correct to me. For uh, I yeah. agree with the first five. And then – like the sixth slot, I could probably put in any of the prequels or this. Mm-hmm. See, I actually like Episode Seven more than Return of the Jedi. I think. Yeah, the, you could say that, but the only reason I say that is I feel like the whole Ewok sequence really makes me furious. <laughs> that part is all really horrible. Yeah. But I like the like the Death Star part of Return yeah, of the Jedi that it's actually complete i like all the stuff with vader and the ending is really good um so that kind of makes up for it i think for me to some degree like yoda and all that stuff it's definitely nowhere near as good as the first two for sure Mm -hmm. so you'd put that you'd put return of the jedi after episode seven episode seven okay but then rogue one and then this in some order there yeah, something like that. I would definitely yeah. not put episode. I think episode two is better than episode one, having just watched them two days ago. Yeah. So I think episode one's the worst, but yeah. even that had its moments of being okay. Right. Yeah, episode. Yeah. Then there's just like little moments of like episode three where like was had good parts, been like you have them killing the kids, which I don't really <laughs> love the way they did that, and. You never really, I don't know, I never really bought his turn. Like, he's kind of turning. From, the acting of, of what's-his-name is so horrific as Anakin <laughs> yeah. Skywalker. That's a, oh, I think if you just had a different actor in there, those movies would actually be a lot better. Like, just that one change, his acting is so horrifically bad. But Yeah. Uh, like, I'm just really, I don't know. I'm really blown away by, you know, the difference between the critic reviews that we got yeah. of Last Jedi um, and the days leading up and now the audience reactions, which are so divided. I mean, the critics seem to universally see something in the movie that a lot of the audience did not see or, you know, didn't connect. But do you think all, now so. too, it's also like, 
it's kind of a bad spot because Force Awakens, like everybody's really excited, but you know you've been burned. You felt mm-hmm. burned by the prequels. So that if it was mm-hmm. even decent, you were going to be like, it's amazing. And so then it was you know pretty good. So you're really happy with that. And now it's like, now that you have that higher expectation, okay, somebody can make a decent Star Wars movie again. And so now the expectation level is so high that like, that's like where yeah. the you know the fans were so caught up in like Snook's background and yeah. Ray's background, all these backgrounds that like on the hindsight now kind of like, yeah, we're, we're meaningless. We're, yeah. we're meaningless, and were we ever really going to get those? Like, were they going to spend a half of this movie on Snook's background? Like, probably not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Which is like we yeah. like, kind of have to do it, not half the movie, right? But you need some scenes to like establish and whatever. Like, so but it is unfortunate because I actually liked Snook. I liked the animation. I liked the actor. Mm-hmm. Who, I, I, don't know, I thought he was, I thought it was actually kind of interesting. He was gold. And, and I was kind of reminiscing on the original trilogy with um, Palpatine. Yeah. And you really don't get hardly any background on him. That no. entire trilogy. Nothing. All the way through to the end. You still don't really you, you literally get have nothing. a clear <laughs> idea. <laughs> no, yeah. You have no idea who he is. You're like Darth Vader, like says something about his master. Like, I don't even, they don't mm-hmm. give you any, uh, no. that he was in the Senate or any of that. You know, none of that's no. in there. So it's just like, he's the emperor. Like, he does, does he need an explanation? He's the emperor. That's it. Like, yeah, he's the period. big bad guy. It's real like, simple. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it makes sense, but they did kind of build it up a little bit there. You felt like it would mm-hmm. it would be a little bit more explanation, but it kind of makes sense that there is an explanation, I guess. But I don't know. It mostly annoys me that like Chewbacca had nothing to do. Finn had nothing to do. They kind of had the Rose Woman. She mm-hmm. didn't, she was just the kind of there to say Finn. The Phasma had nothing to do. They kind of built that whole thing up. Then one like kind of not that great fight scene at the end with her. Yeah, I think our hopes were high because this was supposed to be you know the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, compared to Force Awakens being like a New Hope, it was supposed to like you know take it to the next level or whatever. Now but, it's going to be the reverse, maybe. Maybe the two Abrams movies, you know, will be the bookends. So. It'll be the bookends are like the really great ones. And Abrams is our only hope right now. He's our, <laughs> oh, he's our Obi-Wan Kenobi right that's now. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's uh... – And uh, that also brings up – what I was talking – I went to go see this with um, a couple of my family members, and I was saying that I felt like Episode Seven is much easier to critique – as a standalone movie, but I think that eight's reputation will be more tied to nine yes. than seven and eight are tied together because if JJ Abrams can sort of pull all these pieces together and a really like compelling ending and cool story to where it feels like it all meant something or right. made sense, then I think eight will be remembered maybe in a little bit better light where it was like, Oh, okay. That all kind of did fit into the overall story. But if J.J. Abrams has a hard time, like really tying this together in like a really good way, then I think eight will be seen as kind of like where it all jumped the shark and went wrong, yeah. basically. I think you're totally right. I could, you could see it working out as we're like eight and nine are almost one movie. Like, yeah. It's like this is the, the first not optimal, like set up couple hours of the real movie, which is what we'll get um oh, and also i could see jay Abrams is the kind of guy who i do think will be good about if there's an element that didn't work like he won't care so much about the continuity if he's like whatever if blowing up the continuity in this one spot uh it makes this movie super awesome then he's going to be willing to do that you know yeah uh, i think so too i think if he wanted ray to have parents he's gonna come in and exactly. say kylo, kylo was lying right and exactly manipulating her and this is she actually does have some significant background yep Yep. Which I guess they did. I mean, that all, like, obviously, like, the whole parent reveal is obviously a huge point there in Star Wars history. So mm-hmm. you could you could still have, the, like, the big parent reveal. I mean, that wouldn't be 
it wouldn't be uh, out of the question for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you're definitely not ever getting any snook background now. That's going to be in like some, no, that's some book somewhere or something, yeah. maybe some spinoff that's thing. Left, but Yeah, that's neckbeard material yeah, exactly. at this point. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, she's got to like rebuild a lightsaber or fix his. There's going to be some interesting yes. stuff like that. Okay, so that, bring, that brings up, I wanted to ask, do you think she'll go back to Luke's Island and maybe find or go back to see if he's still there. I guess she knew that he died. She seemed to recognize that yeah. he had kind of passed on. So yep. I was wondering if she would go back to the island to get his lightsaber, to get something. But if she took the books, I think maybe they would maybe have what she needs to build something like that. Or Well, remember, I don't think – I think his lightsaber is like where – isn't there? I don't know. I'm not sure he has his lightsaber. Yeah, it wasn't clear that he even yeah, has a lightsaber. I think it might be back with uh, where Ray ran or where Kylo Ren and him, where Kylo Ren like pulls the building down on top of him and all yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's. I don't think that's like definitive that he has that. But maybe. I mean, you could see her going back there. But then her, them like burning the tree and even the closing shots on the island kind of felt like the sun was setting on it and it was. Yeah. It would be, I don't know. I think if they have some reason to do it, like they're not going to shy away from it. But I don't know if she's going to go back there or is there going to be something new, some new place or thing that they come up with? Yeah, I do think that they'll maybe try to pull Mark Hamill back into episode nine oh, for yeah, some scenes. For sure. Especially with them losing Carrie Fisher. No, he's definitely going to be in it. That, there's no way he's not in it. Um, what do you think about, uh, what's her name? The little alien with the glasses. I thought that was so just thrown in. It was, like right? It was like a I video didn't like game. That. It didn't look good. Like, <laughs> so you know, dumb. like she's shooting, like, she's like crazy shooting and jumping and all this stuff. And it's like, what? Why? I mean, I can't, so she's not there. Like just call her up and be like, yo, what's up? And not this like whole crazy. She's in the middle of a battle. Like, oh yeah, that was so dumb. I just felt like it was almost like they remembered they had that character. Yes. And just, felt like they had to use her but i didn't really feel like they did they could have just ignored the character entirely that's what that's a good episode i'm saying there's like five six main character mean ish characters who are like yeah. that and it's like it would have been better just not even showing these people it's like whatever send so. chewy off on something and leave ray on the island like i don't know just do something with them or, or don't even address them right like she could have totally yeah. been not addressed um yeah, Finn, make sure, do make something chewy with should know Chewie should know these CD people. He's been running around with Han Solo right. for years. Like he should know that he should have been the one to be like, oh, you know, Han knew this code breaker or something like that. Yeah, like, that's what killed me know. about that. Because you could even make the comparison to like, okay, when they found Han Solo and Chewie, right? But at that point, it's like leading up to that, they're like, hey, we're we're looking around for a pilot. They give you that scene where they're asking around for pilots, and some skeezy guy comes up to him and tells him about them and whatever, and they go. And they go talk to Han Solo. Like, that's all you needed for the Del Toro guy. Like for example, like just intro yeah. him. Like intro him. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Exactly. Send Chewie off, and Chewie finds this guy. Whatever. Some dive bar he knows. Some backwoods right. cantina. Whatever. Yeah. Like, but instead, it's like this whole crazy adventure. It's like I would rather have Finn. Give Finn nothing to do. Like make him not even in the movie until the last <laughs> couple scenes or something. Right where he comes out, he's there. Whatever. I don't know. Like give just like this. There's just a lot of like. This didn't seem necessary. Like just to give him this love interest, I guess. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I'm getting worked up again. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were feeling better about it, but then yeah, I, I go in waves like all day today. I've been like the day before um, that. I guess Wednesday, I like could not get any work done because I was just so thinking about you know what's going to happen. <laughs> and then Thursday, the day of the movie, I 
you know, was kind of like on task because I at least get to see it that night. I don't have right. to go like a whole nother like sleep cycle <laughs> before I can see it. But now today I've been all distracted again, just, but it comes in waves of like, okay, I guess it was, I just had mixed feelings, but it was okay. We'll see what happens in nine to just like screw this whole franchise. I hate Rian Johnson. Like right. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. it's really conflicting for me. Yeah. Like all that stuff with, even those like the oh, Jedi text and the Jedi temple, like that's basically all nothing. Like there's nothing to any of that. I mean, I guess yeah. they, they did have the books there. So maybe again, like maybe this will be one long movie movie really. And so there will be something that comes out of that, like in yeah. nine, but there's a lot of stuff, which I mean, empire is kind of like that. There is stuff that just goes somewhat unaddressed and you're kind of left hanging there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There was some, yeah. there was like some awesome big moments where like Darth Vader just shows up. You got Boba Fett. Like I don't know if they pulled off those big middle moments quite as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's kind of frustrating with Star Wars because there's so little material compared to other franchises. Yeah. Like take for example like Star Trek or something sure. like James Bond, where there's there's hundreds of shows or there's right. 24 James Bond movies. <laughs> so if you have one kind of like that misses the mark, it doesn't feel like it's painful. Yeah. If, if you have a Star Wars miss the mark where there's so few and they're kind of like sacred and coveted movies every time you get one. So, but that is interesting, right? How that's going to evolve. Like, like when our kids are big, like they're going to have grown up with Star Wars every year. Yeah. It won't at least be like one, that. I don't right? Think, it's going to yeah. be James Bond. Like by the time my kids are tw- in their twenties, right? There's going to be 32 Star Wars movies. Yeah. So then it will be more like that, which is, that was always part of the appeal of it. It's like, here's these three. That's it. They're awesome. Okay. Now there's six, and they're not as awesome, but whatever. It's still like kind of special in some way. But now there's just gonna be like one every year, or at least one, probably multiple at some point. And so mm-hmm. that will be a little bit of a different uh, thing. Although I could see it being interesting. Like I mean, it's definitely it's like it'll, it's gonna be like Marvel-ish, presumably. Right? Like Ray's gonna have her movie, Finn's gonna have his movie, whatever, or you know, or their subsequent characters like them. Like people will start getting their own their own yeah, movies and whatever. Be. What do you think about the tech changes, like the new ATAT modifications and Kylo's uh, fighter and stuff like that? Um, I didn't actually give it that much thought during the movie because I was so just like, when the Gross. walkers were there, I was just like, "Where's Luke? You know, what's what's going to happen?" So right. I, I thought overall it looked uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty yeah, much what I thought. It was fine. I, I didn't really think about it either one way or the other. <laughs> Uh, they didn't really get the Falcon much airtime, like a little bit, but no, they didn't. She didn't fly it at all, I don't think. And, yeah, uh, I mean, Chewie and the Falcon and even R two really got the shaft. Yeah, R two got nothing. Yeah, he got that one scene. You know, I was I was thinking about that during the movie that C three PO and R two in both these movies really have been kind of wasted. They have been, yeah, for such like lovable characters. Yeah, like they're even BB eight was not. I mean, he he drove the walker, which right. was kind of dumb. It but. was kind of dumb, right? I think the effect <laughs> wasn't good. I think it could have been fine to have him in there, like, fire off the blaster a few times. would have been yeah. fine. But he's, like, driving it. I don't know. It's a little he bit. Did, he didn't have the same um, personality that no. he did in 7 in terms of just, like... And 7, I felt like he was much more kind of in the forefront a lot of times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, yeah, just more of a presence. Um, yeah. Here he was not. And I think maybe... He's tagging like, along. Yeah, he was one. just like tagging along. And even as... Like when he's fixing the airplane in like the first scene or the X-Wing, um, like that was okay, but that was like his little comic release moment. But he wasn't like rolling around. He just wasn't... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The one time his head came off, that was kind of fun. But yeah, yeah. I agree. He wasn't all that the big stuff, a thing. All the stuff in Seven where it's like he's trying to convince Ray to let him stay with her. Like all that stuff yeah. was... 
pretty funny and kind of cool. He's like a puppy dog. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing like that in this one, really. I don't think he holds up nearly as well as like C-3PO and R2-D2 did throughout the original trilogy, you know, where like they weren't just interesting in that first movie, where they were like super central characters in the first movie. And they still, even though they weren't the center of it in the other movies, they were still like main characters, whereas definitely in these, they're way off to the sidelines, which is, I guess, it's a hard work in, but... I liked when... Leia told 3PO to wipe that concerned look off his face. And I also liked when Luke just like winked at 3PO. That was a cool scene. Yep, that was good. And even when uh, R2-D2 changes Luke's mind. So I guess he does have kind of a pivotal role. uh, Mm -hmm. And bringing up that video is pretty cool. Like a cool callback thing. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't expect to see that. Yeah, I didn't expect to see that. So that was good. But he could have been Like Right now he's trapped there, I guess. Or is he on Million Falcon? I guess he was on Million Falcon. (laughs) I think um, I did read on reddit that he's on the millennium falcon okay, at okay. the end yeah at the end they show so, him okay so yeah. he's not he's not abandoned in the old jedi yeah, temple so i guess r2 and 3po and bb8 are all united at the end in the same place right which i guess that was the first time yeah hmm. i don't know <laughs> i don't know that's kind of how i feel i don't know that's kind of how it sums up how i feel about I'm, I'm sure so you're going to see it again which will be interesting and i'm gonna I, my oldest still wants to see it so i'm sure i'll be going back again so i am curious to go through it the second time like looking for some more details and yeah and there's no adrenaline rush of yeah. not knowing what's going to happen so i can actually kind of take it in a little bit more right right i am i'm curious for the second viewing to see how that impacts my feelings of it and if i if those parts i really like uh, do come to the forefront and drown out some of the uh, the other aspects of it, which weren't as good. Yeah, and like like we said, I think a fan edit of this movie would be yeah really good. Yeah, and yeah, I think they did. We're missing. I think about it, it's like I think Han Solo really did add a lot to the Force Awakens, you know, and just mm-hmm. Han Solo in general in a Star Wars movie, and they didn't they haven't really. That was sort of like his Finn Han Solo, but it's pretty clear now he's not like anything no, he's like not. that. Ray's not really that what's his name? Poe Dameron's kind of supposed to be, I guess, but even this movie, they kind of take him away from, he's kind of not really given anything to do either really in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, so I don't know. So that's why I, the Del Toro guy I thought was, is kind of that scoundrelly yeah, role. Similar to yeah, that, yeah. He was the closest feeling, but then he was only in it for like a couple minutes and his built lead ins kind of weird and he just disappears at the end. So you don't really know. I thought he was actually going to be on that ship. They took, I thought that was his ship that hadn't left yet, but apparently it wasn't. Mm. He was already gone. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But I feel like they do need something like that in there. So I guess we'll see what they come yeah. up with. All right. Any All right. any last words? Anything? Any uh, predictions? Gosh, I don't even know. We'll have to come back on yeah. episode nine and and wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do a prediction one that time. Well, we'll be back in May. We got. We'll do uh, Han Solo. We yeah, Han that. Solo. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm a little worried since they had to like fire the director in the middle of the movie. <laughs> so that's a little, it's usually not how you want to see it go. It's like mm. the committees have decided that like we want to fire the director and the committees are going to run this thing. So I don't know. I mean, Ron Howard's presumably a safe choice. So I guess we'll see. Hopefully, it won't be won't be yeah. terrible. But we should get some Boba Fett. I mean, I imagine they're going to have that Boba Fett. So. Oh man, that would be sick. I, I hope so. There's got to be Boba Fett. Um, Wait they, a second, but he, he will he? Yeah, I guess he'll be old enough. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, because they've also they kind of established even in the originals that like 
there was some relationship. Like they knew each other. Yeah, he you knew, know? they were familiar with yeah. each other. Yeah. So I think that I mean, to me, like the whole movie practically has to be about Boba Fett. If the whole movie isn't about Boba Fett, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> Are you gonna disavow the <laughs> Star Wars franchise? Because all I've ever wanted is a Boba Fett movie. And I know he's like the thinnest character ever, and like basically everybody just liked him for his uniform and because he was kind of badass. But they, like, there's no substance to Boba Fett really. And when they tried to give him substance in the prequels, it doesn't really work out that well. So. I don't know what I don't know what you do with that, but I gotta have a good, a fair helping of Boba Fett in that movie. A fair and like IG eighty eight, you know all those all those bounty hunters. I want a lot of bounty hunters. I gotta yeah. have it. I got it. And it has it has real potential. I mean, it really does. I'm excited to see how what's his name does in the uh, as uh, Lando. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be pretty good. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of optimistic about him. So, all right, that's something to look all forward right. to. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. See you. Later.